welcome to the Left Field Shout. My name's Joe Greenwood. Hope you're all doing well this week. Sorry for the slow uh, upload with this week's episode. Um, I'll explain why. Uh, it's because I ran out of ideas for the show. And I had an idea for an episode that I wanted to do. Um, but I felt like I didn't do enough research about the time for me to do an episode of sufficient enough quality for it to be worth listening to. So I decided to postpone that and probably do that probably do that next series, uh, which will probably start, I don't know, soonish. I'm not sure. I don't want to put a time limit on it. But, uh, so this week I decided to do is just do a bunch of listener questions. As I've uh, dropped that from regular episodes now, uh, let's uh, get into it and answer some listener questions. Do you want Alice's movies opening up in Europe? She wants to meet you. When? Next week. Where? Wherever you want. She'll come here if you'd like. Definitely not here. Maybe I'll tell her to book the vault house. When is the movie opening? It opened last week. Have you read a paper lately? Oh, sorry. You want one? It's playing in St. Moritz if you want to see it. Uh, I'd rather wait until rehearsals start and keep the image of Sigrid as myself at IET. I, I know, I know. It's a little disturbing. It's only more interesting. Well, I didn't know you at 18, but I'm almost positive Joanne's a lot worse. How can you be so sure? Have you Googled her? Well, I just looked at the pictures. Well, you should dig a little deeper. Won't take you long to find all the naked photos, the latest updates on her exploits. Such as her breakup, Andrew Beltram. Any idea who that is? I don't know. What <laughs> world do you live in? He's like, he's the biggest star. That's who? Preteens? Oh. Hey, there are a shit ton of them, so be careful. Alright, let's get right into it. And let's go with this question. Uh, who do you think is the next actor that will have a Matthew McConaughey-style renaissance? Uh, I don't know uh, if this really counts as one, because I feel like they've done good work anyway, whereas McConaughey went on this really long run of doing bad stuff. Even though he did some really good stuff at the start, stuff like Lone Star, the John Sayles film, and Contact, I thought he was good in that. And then you really had sort of Lincoln Lawyer, which was the first sort of breakout from this, his previous career as an actor. But this person's been doing good work, I feel like, really all their career. It's just they don't really get the respect for it, for some obvious reasons. And that's Kristen Stewart, who I think is genuinely fantastic I think she's an immensely watchable screen presence and I actually get genuinely excited when there's a, a film of hers coming out because I think she's really really good uh, for example there's the Olivier Assayas film Clouds of Sils Maria which I haven't seen yet that I'm very excited to see because she's, you know, she's working with Juliette Binoche and uh, Assayas of course and I feel like she's a really tremendous actress in that, res in that respect. She's also done... She was, she was good in On the Road as well, even though she was 
even though that film wasn't particularly good. Uh, also Into the Wild and, um, of course, Panic Room, the Fincher film. I know that's a lesser Fincher, but she's good in it. Uh, she's also very good in this um, sort of small indie film called Camp X-Ray, which is set in Guantanamo Bay. I think she's really good. And I'm going to call it now that in the next five years she'll win an Oscar or something along those lines. I mean, I know she won a César, which is the French Oscar for uh, Clouds of Sils Maria, which I think is a great... That's proof enough for me that she's going to do something of that level for American audiences as well. Um, so I, I think she'll, she'll do great work. And the reason why people... Well, continue to do great work, but I think she'll start to get a greater respect because critics are starting to take her more seriously and really the only thing the public take notice of now when it comes to critics is stuff like Rotten Tomatoes and the more films of hers that critics start to like and because of her in it where people read the blurbs and say like the films are, is this good for this reason and one of them is Kristen Stewart people will start to make, to make that turn that's what happened with McConaughey as well when he did uh, Lincoln Lawyer and Mud as well that was another one that really sort of started to turn the tide and of course True Detective was, was a huge one as well. Magic Mike as well. Uh, but the reason why is obviously because of those Twilight films, which I feel like get unfairly shit on because they are targeted for girls. And in the eyes of certain people, uh, i.e. Uh, internet bloggers, internet commenters, and geek culture... You can put all of those people together under one label, um, also known as men. Uh, really dislike those films because they are targeted for girls and they're not targeted at them. Uh, so that makes them bad. I'm not makes those films bad. I'm, I'm not sure how it really works in their minds. But they give her a hard time because she's the star of it and because she's such an obvious target. Whereas someone like Robert Pattinson, you know, works with David Cronenberg and so... Yeah, internet bloggers and stuff like that are willing to sort of give him a free ride. It's like, oh, well, Cronenberg likes him. So that means he's good. Uh, and Anna Kendrick as well was in those films and she wasn't particularly great in them. She was actually probably the weakest person out of the one and a half Twilight films I watched. No, hold on. No, I watched two of them. And I thought they were perfectly all right. But they gave Kristen Stewart a hard time because she's the obvious target. And then also because of personal life stuff, which doesn't really matter. That people felt like they could brand her as a certain thing, which was horrible and repugnant. And really, I feel like if you ignore her good work, it just shows how much of a fucking caveman you are. Uh, anyway, let's move on from that. And let's have a read of this one. Joe, what did you think of the new Noah Baumbach film? I quite liked it. Wasn't a huge fan. I know that you're a big Noah Baumbach mark, so you probably liked it a lot more than me. What do you think of his overall work as well? Um, I really liked While We're Young, which is the new Noah Baumbach film, but it's interesting that his style of filmmaking's changed, whereby... Uh, I can't remember who said it, but I think I feel like it was a, a critic said that they no longer laugh at the lines in Noah Baumbach films and the dialogue, but they laugh at the editing. 
which is kind of where I am now because he's such like a zippy pace to his films now that I kind of just kind of get swept up in them and just laugh along with them in that sort of way. There's a kind of screwball quality to his films. I'm actually not that big a mark for him. Uh, I do like his films now, but before when I first started watching them, I wasn't really into them. I felt like I was actually maybe a bit too young in some respects. Uh, not in terms of like young in terms of age, but young in just in terms of a film watcher, someone who really sort of cares about the sort of film culture and where we are. And I just didn't connect with his films on those levels. Uh, I actually found him a bit whiny, which his films are, and I found them just a bit too much. I, I remember watching uh, Squid and the Whale and just not liking it at all. And Margot at the Wedding, which I liked a bit more, but I wasn't, again, crazy about. Greenberg as well, I wasn't a huge fan of. And then when Francis Ha came out, I saw that and was just blown away by it. I thought, well, maybe maybe I didn't like those films, but these new ones that he seems like he's doing, I'll connect to. But in the last year, I've gone back and watched those previous three films, the last two in the last couple of months, but I watched, rewatched them and... I found myself liking them a lot more. There is a lot more heart to them than people want to admit to. Maybe even Noah Baumbach wants to admit to. I, th I feel like there's a genuine warmth there, which I don't feel is necessary for a good film. But his film, I, I, I really found myself connecting to them a lot more the second time round. I, I found them a lot more inviting in some respects, just stimulating. And also I just feel like... as I, you know, I was in my teens when I first saw those other films, and now I'm in my early to mid twenties. And yeah, it's it's. I, I found myself connecting with them a lot, with a greater strength, probably like emotional strength than them, maybe because um, I don't know. Perhaps uh, I'm a, like the characters in those films. I'm just emotionally jaded now. We're the boring couple with a baby. What have you guys been doing? Tell us something fun. Oh, we met this interesting couple, Jamie and Darby. He's a young documentarian, and she makes ice cream. I don't know what to make of them, honestly. I like her. They make everything. It's infectious. For about 12 hours, I thought I could build my own desk. There's something about being around them that energizes you, you know? How old are they? 20... 25, 26, 27. They're children. Yeah, nine years ago, they couldn't vote. But they're married. Why? You should see this guy's record collection. It's Jay-Z, it's Thin Lizzy, it's Mozart. His taste is democratic. It's The Goonies and it's Citizen Kane. They don't distinguish between high and low. It's wonderful. When did The Goonies become a good movie? Can you explain why you dislike Schindler's List? I've seen you reference why you dislike it, but could you go into it in a bit greater, in a bit more depth? Um, sure. Uh, Schindler's List, I know they had an old episode about Schindler's List on Seinfeld where Jerry goes to see Schindler's List and uh, he makes out with a girl the whole time in the back row. Much to the shock and shock of his parents and friends. And, um, but that's not the reason why I dislike Schindler's List. No, I'll... the reason why he disliked Schindler's List or wasn't interested in it is because he wasn't interested in it and it seemed like homework. Whereas that's 
not the reason why I dislike Schindler's List. There's no real films to me feel like homework. Some films feel like long emotional slogs and very difficult and dense, and some have really great payoffs like the work of Nuri Bilga Jalan, like uh, Once Upon a Time in Anatolia and Winter Sleep. But my main problem with Schindler's Lists uh, is that really Kubrick said it best, which was that the problem with Schindler's List is that Spielberg made a story about success when the Holocaust is humanity's greatest failure. That's that's the real main issue I have with the film as well, is that it's really just that. It's he he made a, Spielberg made a Spielberg film about the Holocaust, which to me just doesn't fit. I think he's a great filmmaker and I feel like he's you know, someone that's incredibly important to the culture in a lot of ways. But he was just totally the wrong filmmaker for that topic. Of course you could say someone like Kubrick. Kubrick would be perfect for nearly any film. But Spielberg was just the wrong choice to make a film about that. And it was just it was just too grandstandy for me. And also there's just there's this whole I have a huge problem with the shower scene in Schindler's List where you see the women and children chucked into what, at the time, you're not sure what it is. You think it's you're going to see them get gassed. They chuck it into the gas chambers, and uh, it's what you think it is. And everyone's panicking and screaming, and it's cut like it's gonna they're going to be gassed. And then, lo and behold, it's just the shower. And then they're like screaming in delight I just cannot wrap my mind around the thought process that went into that sequence who actually thought it was morally okay to draw tension from that sequence or even to just do that at all is just mind boggling to me I just do not get it in the slightest I think it was. I think it's actually genuinely disgusting, and you know, I, I don't. I, I don't. I, I'm not one of these people who thinks that, you know, he should cut that out because it's offensive. You know, I think it's good to be offended from time to time. It's good to know what offends you, and the idea that you can go through life not being offended is, first off, unrealistic, and also not good for you. You need to know what offends you. You need to test those that part of your mind and actually sort of push yourself in some respects. But that is just, uh, just absolutely morally reprehensible. Uh, I genuinely think so. Um, I'm not going to hold it against him because everyone in art takes risks and they, you know, sometimes they pull them off and sometimes they don't. And he just took a chance and it just didn't work at all. And I know that's a scene that a lot of people go to saying what a great scene it is. Yeah, in terms of a technical filmmaking level, it's amazing and it is just so tense. But it's absolutely disgusting that they managed to get relief 
there's a there's emotional relief from in a scene about Auschwitz. It's just not on in the slightest. And and then also there's the hilarious bit where Oscar Schindler is auditioning um, for a receptionist and all the pretty girls are typing and they're really bad at it and he's like, oh, don't worry, blah, blah, blah. And then when the slightly older woman, a bit overweight, starts typing with precision and uh, with skill, it's like, oh, he's not that bothered. Ha, 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 isn't that funny? It's like, no, it's, it's not. It's not funny in the slightest. Just uh, a couple moments in that film are just not right. And then the overall end of that film is just just awful. Awful, awful, awful. Uh, here's a basic question, which I quite like. Uh, are you a fan of musicals? I am a fan of musicals. I love adore musicals. I think they're just one of my favourite things in the whole world, in particularly in film. Oh, they're just fantastic. I love a musical. I think... I don't know what it is. Perhaps it's because as a kid you... You think you don't like musicals. But let's just say you had sort of similar upbringing to me in terms of films, which is you watch Disney films and stuff like that. Every single fucking Disney film is a musical. Like particularly those like animated films like Beauty and the Beast, which I watched over and over again you know and Bedknobs and Broomsticks as well which is a musical Mary Poppins is a musical I'm not a huge Mary Poppins fan but Charlie and the Chocolate Factory they're all musicals but we have this perception in our heads that musicals aren't alright for some reason I don't know perhaps it comes down to the fact that we live in a society which is very dominated by uh, what's the term I'm thinking of? Heteronorm- heteronormative? So, and in the musicals, you know, like live theatre production, the cliche is that a lot of gay men work in musicals, and that's the sort of genre there that appeals to gay men, blah, 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 blah. And if you like that, that means you're gay, and in, you know, to a lot of heterosexual men, being gay, being thought of as gay is the worst thing in the world which is just ludicrous and idiotic and honestly who gives a fuck like honestly if someone thinks you're gay and says and asks if you are just say oh no it's not a slight on you as a human being but you know it is for some people anyway what am i on about musicals i love musicals Uh, i wasn't a huge fan of whiplash which was a musical uh, for a number of reasons, main one being that it wasn't any good. But I am a fan of musicals. I went. I remember when I was at uni in London, there was a two-month retrospective of MGM musicals at the BFI, and I went to pretty much all of them and saw pretty much every single classic MGM musical, and it was just the best thing ever. Just absolutely stunning. Also love the sort of French New Wave, Jacques Demi, musicals, stuff like Umbrellas of Cherbourg. Top in my top ten of all time is La Demoiselle de Rochefort by Jacques Demi, which uh, I spoke about in the last series of the Left Field Show, my Jacques Demi episode, uh, which is just the most oh God, just heartbreakingly beautiful, just an absolutely stunning film. That's probably 
is my favourite musical and probably my one of my favourite films of all time. So yes, I love musicals. Uh, let's do this next question. Uh, what's, are you a fan of Werner Herzog? And where would you start with him? Um, I actually have an idea that between this series and the next series of Left Field Chat, I'll do a two-part episode on Werner Herzog, which is what I am going to do. But yes, I am obviously a fan of Werner Herzog. If you're going to start anywhere, literally you can start anywhere with Herzog and you'll be fine. Maybe go with Nosferatu, the vampire, and uh, what was the uh, one? Uh, Encounters at the End of the World. Watch that, that documentary he did. Watch those two to sort of start off. And you should be, uh, you should be all right. You'll be on a good path. I'm impressed by you. In what way? I don't know. I mean, you seem really fine doing nothing. It's like you don't feel all the pressure to be successful. Uh, I mean, by other people's standards. Um, you know, I almost had a record deal when I got out of college. I haven't done nothing. Cool. I want to be doing nothing. I'm doing nothing deliberately. That's what I'm saying. I don't know that I could do nothing and be that cool with everything. Well, there's so much crap up there. Mahler's not at home. You could stay over. Wink, wink. I'm not supposed to, um... I'm trying not to... Yeah, okay. Anyway, that's going to wrap it up for this week's episode of the Left Field Show. And the series as well. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, I've enjoyed doing it. And I'll be back soon. I don't know when. Uh, I do know how, which is via the medium of podcasts. But I will be back. Don't you worry about that. Anyway, you can follow me on Twitter, at Left Field Show. I also have a wrestling podcast which you can listen to. You can listen uh, if you go to at Boston Crab Pod on Twitter. You can follow us there and uh, you can fo- see for updates. Uh, Left Field Show is part of Holdfast Network, which is a network of podcasts that have podcasts on many different things, including music, South London, and comic books, and the films, which is the one you're listening to right now. So, what else do you need? So, go to holdfastnetwork.com. To get your fix of podcasts. Anyway, thanks so much for listening, and I'll speak to you soon.